Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendes. And on this evening's show, we will, of course, be looking ahead uh, to Saturday's home game uh, with high-flying Plymouth Argyle in front of a massive crowd uh, at the Valley against the table toppers. It should be a very good one. Joining me to discuss that match is, of course, uh, Mr. Lewis Cat. How Lou? Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. How, how, how are you? How's your COVID? Yeah, not bad. Still riddled with it? Well, only for another day, apparently. So I'll be uh, I'll be out and about on Saturday. Really looking forward to it. So yeah, nice to be back outside. Congratulations, by the way. Oh yeah, Big Daddy Mendes. It's going to become a reality now. I've, obviously, you guys have been calling me that in private for years, uh, at my insistence. But now everyone else will have to as well. Yes, there's a mini Mendes on the way. So yeah, thank you for all your kind messages on on Twitter, etc. Uh, throughout the week. Uh, so yes, yeah, on tonight's show, as I said, we're going to look ahead to the Plymouth game. Of course, we're going to hear uh, from the caretaker boss, uh, Johnny Jackson. Uh, in a few moments time plenty of little bits and pieces to discuss uh, it'll talk about the fact that obviously Thomas Sangard's over uh, this week for the game uh, the, the appeals that we put in for Jaden Stockley's red card uh, players coming back of course a player signed on a longer term till today uh, Corey Blackett-Taylor has been given an extended deal now he was of course on a short term contract uh, he's going to be here till the end of next season now we're going to hear from uh, the man himself uh, and Jacko uh, on that we'll talk about of course the fact that we're expecting a big crowd at the Valley on Saturday with that free ticket initiative for season ticket holders uh, so we'll chat a little bit about that. We've got your tweets and emails, and we're going to hear from Chris Herrington, uh, Chris Errington from the Plymouth Herald as well. He's going to tell us all about Ryan Lowe's side uh, as well. So I mean, before we hear from Jacko, I mean it, it's a it's another exciting game on the on the Jackson Juggernaut, um, you know, and a, a real tough one. But again, I mean, it, obviously it could all go horribly wrong, but it's got the potential with the big crowd, Sandgard over Jackson, Jackson as manager. You know, and a tough, tough game. If we can get something on Saturday, it could be a really good day at the Valley. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's got all the ingredients to be a really special day. Um, you know, a massive bumper crowd. I think I saw over 25,500 expected there on Saturday, which is outstanding, really, you know, at League One level. Um, it's It feels like the club's pulling in a really exciting direction now. Obviously, Jacko at the helm, albeit still as a caretaker. The, the form has obviously uplifted massively. The performances have also changed in it, just the magnitude of change in performance is outstanding as well. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to it on Saturday. I think, you know, it's a real test. We've, we've had this already really where, you know, the Sunderland game, we saw that as a massive test and that turned out to be a, a decent result up at up at the Stadium of Light. And obviously the Rotherham game as well we had at the Valley um, a couple of weeks ago where we managed to get a point out of that and actually I thought was the better side overall. So, you know, it's it's a good time to be playing them, I think. You know, a big bumper crowd at the Valley, Sandgard coming over, you know, everyone's really sort of high-spirited at the moment and, you know, Plymouth, of course, are at the top of the league for a reason and are, are high-flying at the moment, but it could be an occasion that we that we really take to at the Valley, you know, in front of a bumper crowd. It's... Uh, yeah, it's got all, all the ingredients to be a really good day. Um, very tough game and a real challenge for Jacko's Reds. But yeah, really looking forward to it. Excellent stuff. Right, well then, let's hear from the man himself, Johnny Jackson. Sat down and spoke to Ollie Groom at the training ground today. Uh, and obviously, it's been a clear week on the training ground. No midweek game. So Jacko was asked uh, how the last seven days have been at Sparrows Lane. Really good, as always. We've had a good, strong week on the training ground. Um, yeah, like you say, we're going into a bit of a mad period after this Saturday. The game's getting come thick and fast, so... We've had to use the time really wisely, um, get, get the physical work in that we need to get to the lads to prepare them for this busy uh, busy schedule that we've got coming back. And, uh, and obviously do the right tactical work um, for a big game upcoming against Plymouth. We'll get into the team news ahead of Saturday. Obviously, um, appeals did go in for, for Jaden's red card and Akin's yellow card, which she's been suspended. 
Is there any update on, on any of those? Oh, I mean, we're hoping to hear back today just so we can, uh, you know, we can finalise what we're going to do at the weekend, but we're still waiting on uh, some news from the AFL on that. And as far as the injuries go, obviously we've been about uh, John Lecco, Adam Matthews over the last few weeks, um, Connor and, um, and Chris Gunter have been away from international duty. Uh, first of all, how have they come back? Have they got a clean bit of health and, and how are the other two getting on? Yeah, Guns and Connor have come back from international duty uh, fine. Yeah, no no problems there at all. Both trained this morning. Um, Lico's, uh, Lico and Adam are, are you know, obviously getting closer, but I think, again, the weekend's going to come too soon. Um, we hope to have them back involved after the weekend. Um, certainly with the games coming up, they'll be involved uh, before too long. And uh, obviously Plymouth are top of the table for a reason. You know, they're going to pose a tough test. I mean, what do you expect? from them on Saturday? A, a tough game, a tough game. It's uh, someone I know well who's in charge, Ryan Lowe has done a brilliant job there. Um, they're top of the table for a reason because you know they're playing some really good stuff, they're scoring a lot of goals, uh, got a lot of energy in their team. Um, play, play a similar, similar way to how we've been playing in the last few games, so I think it's going to be a real it's a good test for us, will be a good test for them, and I, 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 you know, I think it should be a really exciting game. You mentioned Ryan Lowe there, you know him well. Is it a case of chatting back and forth in the run up to a game, or do you like to try and keep the distance and keep your cards close to your chest, obviously? But is it a, a case of staying professional and dropping any banter before Saturday? <laughs> no, we haven't spoken this week, but we, we spoke the, the week before a lot about the game, just about some other stuff. And uh, someone I speak to regularly, uh, got a lot of time for, become, become really good friends with. Uh, obviously, we're going into the game Saturday, he's going to want to beat me. I'm going to want to beat him, and that's that's the nature of that's the nature of uh, our competitive um, competitive edge. But yeah, uh, someone I've got a lot of respect for, and I've got a lot of respect for his team. Um, we'll have to be on our game. Uh, they're going to pose us a lot of threats, but obviously, like I always say, I feel like we can cause any team uh, threats if we get if we get our stuff right. We uh, we we can win the game, sure. Yeah, Thomas Sangard will be in town as well on Saturday. Uh, looking forward to catching up with him. Yeah, I am, yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously, we've been having our conversations, but they've been over the phone, so it's always, you know, I'm a people person. I like to sit down with people and uh, have conversations with people, and you know, that's, you know, um, that's the best, best form of communication. So it'd be great to catch up with him. It'd be great for him to see the Valley Fall. Uh, and rocking and hopefully we can give him performance as well. There we go. Plenty of exciting stuff uh, in there from Jacko. We mentioned it at the end there, Lewis. Obviously, Thomas is over on Saturday. Obviously, uh, until the decision is made, then I'm going to be hammering home this point every minute of every day. But, I mean, to be fair, it's not just me. Um, you know, we went on we went on the Radio London show last night and that question was asked of all of us. It's the question on everyone's lips at the moment. When is Johnny going to be given the full-time role? Now, we look at the fact that, that Thomas is over this Saturday. I mean, do you think that will bear any a, a, any income on, on the outcome, if that makes sense? Are we expecting this, the fact that, that Thomas is here? Is that going to play a part in things? I'd like to think so. You know, the last time he came over, I think we spoke about it yesterday. It was at a time when Nigel was here and we maybe thought, was he coming over to to make the decision of of making a change? And we weren't too sure if he would because we, we hadn't seen that side of Thomas as an owner yet. We didn't know if he was ready to make those big decisions and he did. Um, and since then, obviously, Jacko has been in charge in, in this caretaker basis. And Thomas always said from the start, he would be given the fair crack to to put his own hat in the ring for this for this role um if the you know and if the performances were right and the job was right and so far i mean he's kind of aced it hasn't he really with flying colors and i you know we said it last night it it becomes that now it's not just the question of you know if jackson gets it it's kind of like when will he get it now because you know we all want it we all responded positively yesterday on the on the show on bbc london that it's something we all want to see now you know he's more than proven his worth i think the players have come out publicly and supported it, which is something you don't always see. Um, is players sometimes try to stay sort of on the fence, if you like, in these situations. But there's been public backing from Jaden Stockley, Ben Purrington, Piercy, just to name a few. So I think now, you know, it, the timing for me is right. Thomas coming over, hopefully off the track record of, of how it panned out with Nigel when he came over. I can only hope he's coming over to give to give Johnny the, the contract that he deserves to, to take this club forward. And, I think it's something that supporters will really get behind. Yeah, I mean, it's understandable that Thomas would be wary about diving in too soon. 
you know, considering what's happened before and, and Jacko's relative lack of experience uh, as a manager. Uh, although, obviously, as I said last night, the, the, the results are sort of making that decision for him. But it, it does sort of, it, it poses the question. And there are there are people who tweet in and say, look, there's absolutely no rush. Just leave him as, as caretaker for as, as long as it takes. But I don't know, does it does it get to a point where you're like, well, come on, we, we, does it make any difference to Jacko? do you think? I mean, he, he said he'll just sort of, you know, go on and act as if he is the manager effectively and make those sort of decisions anyway. So, you know, maybe is it is it me being impatient and, and you know, Jacko probably doesn't mind at all or is it, he'll it, start to wonder what more, what more do I have to do to, to prove my worth? Yeah, I think it'll probably be more the latter because he's been in this position before with Bo going and he, and he took charge of that game and then Adkins came in very quickly afterwards. So he didn't really get that opportunity to to stake his claim if you like but this time around you know he's been given a a bit longer and the performances not even just the results the performances have just completely made a massive u-turn and the the overall quality of football that we're watching and the way we play the identity that we've actually managed to develop and these are things that you know at, at Sunderland we kind of expected it not to happen so quickly we went up there kind of, you know, thinking we might, we might not win, but as long as we see a good performance, we went up there and we were outstanding and won the game. And that was with like a day, you know, a day on the training ground. And we're, and we're seeing continual progress in my eyes at the moment under Jacko. The players are behind it. The fans are behind it. And it is like the perfect formula. I mean, of course, there are there's going to be bumps in the road because we haven't seen how we react to to a defeat if we do lose under Jacko, which we will at some point so that's something that you have to you have to monitor but at the same time if you, if you waited to see how a caretaker adapted to that sort of um that sort of situation if we say we go and lose on Saturday to not give him the job because we lose one game and and we want to see how we react probably wouldn't be overly justified I think the timing of the season now you know we're coming into Christmas where it's going to be a very busy Christmas schedule you then got the January window afterwards. So how long do you leave it? Because, you know, how, how long before the window opens in January? Are, are we doing work behind the scenes to see how maybe we can improve and bring players in to, to strengthen the squad if that's something we want to do in the January window? So I think there's a, you know, there's a lot of work at this time of the year. It's very busy and you'd rather be doing that and making those decisions if you have a permanent manager in charge that wants to instill his way of taking the club forward. And I think that's a decision that, that Thomas needs to make now sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, so, someone suggested to me, not inside the club, it's just someone asking the question, saying, oh, w- w- would maybe a, a, a contract until the end of the season as manager make sense? But I, mean, I don't know if that would for me, because it, again, it would feel like that Jacker would still have, would still be proving himself. I mean, any any managerial contract is effectively a contract for the next few weeks anyway, because you're, you're, you know you're only as good as your your last month's worth of results, as, as Nigel found out, after ending last season well, but starting this season terribly. Yeah, exactly that. And I think that, you know, Thomas's vision for this football club has always been long-term. It's never been about just papering over the cracks and, and patching things up. And I think if you gave Jacko just a deal until the end of the season, you're not really giving him the the trust and the and the sort of ability to go and put his stamp on it. Because if at the end of this season, you know, we maybe finish mid-table and, and they want to take it in a different direction, you know, they're not, they're not going to give Jacko money to invest in that in January if it's something that's seen as short-term. So I think really, if, if you're going to make a decision and you do give him the job on a permanent basis, it needs to be, you know, it needs to be proper with, with the correct timelines and not just something that's papering over the cracks until the end of the season. You know, with Boya, it was different because of the situation we were in off the field with Roland. He, he was caretaker for, for ages. And, you know, I think it was he took over, what, in March from Carl Robinson. And we didn't, didn't make him the permanent manager until maybe September, I think mid-September of that, of that season. So, you know, that, that was different. Where now we have stability off the pitch and we have an owner that has a long-term plan and a long-term vision for the football club. You want to, you know, get your man in place to do that, and I think Johnny Jackson is is definitely, you know, putting himself in the in pole position for the role because I think we spoke about it yesterday. We ha- we haven't really seen anyone else linked to it or anything like that. I think the the job is kind of man made for him, and and it would be like a fairy tale for him now to to be given the opportunity to take the job on. And and I think Charlton fans, you know, myself included, and you, we've been speaking about it for weeks. I think we'd all get on board with it, and he'd be given the time to to make you know make mistakes and and do what he needs to do to adjust to management because he is as you say fairly inexperienced still 
So we would, he would need to be given time and patience from supporters. But I think Charlton fans are more inclined to give a Charlton man the time he needs to make his mark than maybe an outsider that you would expect to hit the ground running straight away. Now, obviously, one player, uh, person who has mentioned uh, he's expecting Johnny to be given the job uh, is, is Saturday's... Uh, well, his opposite number on Saturday, Ryan Lowe, the Plymouth boss. Uh, they're, they're good mates by the sound of it and did their, did, did their uh, coaching licences together. Um, but, you know, when you're hearing it from outside the club as well, I mean, it does go to show. And especially from, uh, from from someone like Ryan, who's obviously done done a really good job down at Plymouth and, and bringing a side in absolutely outstanding form. Uh, was it 17 or something unbeaten in the league when they, when they come to the... Uh, or only one loss in 17, I should say, when they come to the Valley on Saturday. I mean, this is going to be a real, real test. And again, I mean, if... If 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 anyone does need any more proof of what Jackson can do, if he can get a result out of this one, I mean that would be a remarkable a remarkable achievement. Yeah, they haven't lost since the opening day of the season in the league. Yeah, it would be you know it's a it's another huge test as as we've said, and it's the same as the Rotherham game was a few weeks ago. You know we we come off the back of that really impressive win over over Doncaster, and it was kind of like yeah we've enjoyed that now. It was a good afternoon and stuff, but the challenge is Tuesday. And we went into that game and we didn't just compete, but I thought we were unlucky not to win it. And I thought, you know, Rotherham was sort of battening down the hatches at the end, trying not to concede the uh, the defeat to us. So I think that, you know, at home with a big backing, I'd like to think that we can beat anybody. And I think that, that that positivity and that confidence within the squad at the moment as well will go a long way because when we were struggling under Nigel, we were a team that were completely lacking in confidence and identity they're two things that at the moment we look extremely high in. So, you know, yes, Plymouth are top of the league at the moment and absolutely flying and they're there for a reason. And what Ryan Lowe's done there is is outstanding. You know, the last time we played them, we beat them 6-0 at their place and now they're they're flying at the top of the league and he's done a very good job. But he's a manager of similar ilk to Jacko who, you know, he's been given time to come into a club and, and stamp his authority and his identity on it. And they're reaping the rewards for it. So it's nice to see him come out and, you know, publicly back Jacko as well as the as the opposition manager, especially an opposition manager you're playing that weekend. It's you know, the the support for Jacko from from football, from fans, from players, from even Phil Brown I heard the other day as well on, on another podcast backing him to to be a really good manager and man made for it, you know, it's it's really refreshing. Yeah, when it comes from Phil Brown, then you take that as gospel, can't you? Um, <laughs> uh, right. The uh, I mean, we'll look ahead uh, more about the Plymouth side later on when we hear from from Chris Errington. But obviously, we know from our own side uh, appeals to Jaden Stockley's red card against Burton. Uh, all I've been told is we're not expecting to hear any outcome this evening on the Thursday. Hopefully, we'll hear something uh, on the Friday uh, as it stands. Um, what what are you thinking? I mean, I said on Sunday, I, I doubt we'd even appeal it. That was my that was my line on Sunday, and then on the Monday we had, and I was surprised. But are, are you expecting a positive result there? Uh, not really. No, I mean, a, a bit like you, I was I was surprised we did appeal it. You know, I think the decision was harsh on Saturday. I think it was, you know, it was so early on in the game, one, and also it was just a little bit of handbags, really. I think if you'd have booked both players and moved on then you wouldn't have, you, you know, that would have been the end of it. I think I was quite surprised that it was a red for both. He, he just kind of lost control of the game, didn't he? Trevor Kettle straight away, which is no real surprise. But, you know, with with appeals, it always is. I, I always think that luck has to severely be on your side to get something overturned. And, you know, sadly, I, I do think that we, we won't get positive news on this one because I, there probably is enough in it from their side to say that, that it is, you know, worthy of a red card. But from my view of the game on Saturday, I, I don't think it was worthy of a red. I think it was more of a yellow. I mean, do you think we'll be able to cope without him? Obviously, he's been an important player for us. I mean, we have started games without him this season uh, when Josh Davison was sort of the lone striker in that 4-3-3, three, three, so with the two wingers off him. But, you know, now that we've gone to two up top, I mean, I'm looking at, were we looking at Davison and Washington next to each other? Yeah, I'd imagine so. I mean, obviously, it's going to be difficult because he's such a presence. You know, he's he's a... He's a good player for us. He he causes nightmares for defenders. He's tall. He holds the ball up well. Great in the air. Obviously, they're all massive strengths that without him, we probably don't have as much. But I've been really impressed with Josh over the last few weeks. You know, he, he coped really well after going down to 10, you know, doing that, running that line on his own up top against Burton. I thought he worked really, really hard. And he's always someone that runs himself into the ground, as is Connor Washington, you know, a very another very hardworking footballer. It'd be interesting to see if he starts. Obviously, after being away on international duty, I don't know how much he played 
uh, for Northern Ireland when he was away. I think he started one and came off the bench in another. So they'll probably be keeping an eye on him for fitness because he's had injuries before. You might you might see Elliot Lee up there or just playing off of a off of a lone striker. So I think we do have options to cope, but obviously it would be much better if we did have Jaden there uh, and available to choose from. But um, you know, I don't think that's going to be the case. Now, obviously, as we know, Akin Fangwell picked up his fifth booking as well. So the expectation is we will be without him. Um, again, able to cope, I guess. I mean, is, is Deji going to come straight in? Will we see Gunter sort of come in and Pierce? I mean, I, I'm trying to work out how that, how that will work, really. Yeah, it's an interesting one. You know, obviously, we've seen Sean Clare sort of sit in the in the back three, Um and he played, I think he played right back outright at the weekend, obviously with Matthews and Gunter not being available. So you might see, like we did in the FA Cup game, Sean Clare um, take place on the right side of a back three, maybe with Piercy and Deji. Um, or, you know, Gunter can play there as well if he comes back. I don't know what the, the situation is with Adam Matthews. I'm not sure if he's going to be available Saturday or not. I know he was injured beforehand. So, yeah, it may be that we line up with, with sort of, you know, the three at the back with the two wing backs in, in Perrington and then, you know, maybe DJ or Corey on that right-hand side. Um, so I think, I think we have options, but obviously Akin's booking as well, you know, it was, it was a, it was a silly one. I, I don't really understand why he got booked for it, but it's something we're going to have to deal with. Um, and he'll be a big miss, but I think, you know, we'll probably just about have enough to, to get by on Saturday without him. Yeah, I think uh, Adam Matthews and Jonathan Lecco, it sounds like uh, Johnny's saying that it's, it's going to be too soon for them. Uh, and again, I feel, like, I feel like we've coped okay without them. I mean, I mean what have you made of dialing Jaisimi over the last few weeks? Obviously, that rainbow flick against Burton caught a bit of attention, but he was involved in, in the goal at Burton. I think it was his cross that, that was flicked on, um, you know, and obviously big big shoes to fill in, in, in the... In the in the form of Lecco, so I, I mean, Jacko's been pretty pleased with what he's seen from him by the sounds of it. Yeah, I think he's been brilliant, you know, and he's he's someone I'm really glad that's come back in from the cold as well because you know we saw him frozen out under Nigel a little bit like Dobson was, you know, and he's come back in when called upon in that game where where Lecco got injured. I think it was Doncaster, wasn't it? And um, you know, ever since then, he's he's performed very well. He's he's an exciting player. You know, you and I are big fans of his, and I know I know you were expecting a really big season from him this year, and we have seen him sort of frozen out at the start, but it's good to see him coming back in now and being so heavily involved. And yeah, he's a, he's a very exciting, tricky player with a lot of potential, still very young. So, you know, I'm I'm glad for DJ, and, I, and I'm I'm really happy to see him back in the starting eleven and and performing well as well because I I don't really think he deserved to be frozen out before under Nigel. I, I don't know what happened there. Um, but for me, he was one of our better performers in, in a very poor start of the season. So, yeah, great to see him back in and around the fold. Excellent stuff. Right, as I mentioned earlier on today, there's been a new deal uh, signed for Corey Blackett-Taylor. Obviously, uh, joined the club uh, after a bit of a trial uh, earlier on in the summer and then was on a deal that only ran up until January. Uh, but now we signed a new contract that will keep him at the Valley until at least uh, 2000. Uh, and 23, uh, and uh, Ollie Groom caught up with Corey uh, earlier on this afternoon uh, in a very windy Sparrows lane uh, to find out what, how, how pleased he was with his new deal. Yeah, I am. Um, straight away when I got here, I, I already had that kind of feeling that this is where I wanted to be, so I just kind of had that motivation just to get a, a longer contract sorted, and soon as it got offered, I knew that this is where I wanted to be and that I was going to sign it, so I'm glad that we got to agreement and it's all sorted now and uh, how do you reflect on your season so far because uh, you've certainly had an impact in some games coming off the bench more recently as well yeah um more to come from you i guess yeah definitely i think um, i've shown glimpses of what i can do but now it's just me trying to do that on a consistent basis over the next um, few games and um, i'm glad that i did make um, an impact but now i just want to do it on a consistent basis over the next um next seasons or however long I'm, I'm here for so I'm glad that I'm, I'm going to be able to show that soon It must take the pressure off as well a little bit that you, you don't have to worry now about the next 18 months or however long because because um, that must play on your mind a little bit that you're, you're constantly having to to prove yourself like if you, and you've done that already so you must take the pressure off Yeah well I feel like um, as a professional footballer it's always pressure anyway like every time you step on the pitch you've got to represent the club represent yourself and um, and try and give the best of yourself so I always feel like that anyway but um, yeah like in the back of my mind now that um, I know that um, my future sorted and I know where I'm going to be it does take a bit of pressure um, off things but um, 
but yeah, as I said, I'm just glad that it's all been sorted now and just can't wait to keep going now and I'm, my future sorted now so I don't have to worry about it and finally just a word on Jacko how are you finding life under him over the last month or so yeah I think um, as you can see the um, performances have shown um, the training's um, changed everything's been a bit different but um, I'm, I'm enjoying it in the same way as, as I have with um, with with the old, old manager but it's been a great impact um, that he's had on the on the players and on, on the performances so yeah like I'm, I'm enjoying it as much as I ever have so um, yeah I'm con- glad to be here and to continue working with him. There we go there's Corey uh, obviously delighted we'll hear Jacko's thoughts on that deal as well uh, very shortly but I mean yeah, I mean, feel, feel like he's earned that he, when, he, when he came in he sort of really burst into life didn't he and, and added something uh, to the side and obviously this was a, a poor side at the time but he you know, got got a couple of assists, I think, quite early on. Got a goal uh, in the FA Cup recently as well. I mean, what, what have you made of Corey so far? It, it feels like he hasn't played that much recently in, in sort of like the league games. So he obviously came on uh, at Burton. But yeah, what, what have you what has been your sort of early impressions of him? I've been impressed with him. You know, I, I remember he he came on when he made his first sort of sub appearance. Um, I think we I think it was against Cheltenham, and, and we didn't perform very well at all as a team. And he was kind of invisible in that game when he came on and it was it was one of those things he came over with a bit of a reputation for going missing when maybe you were up against it and then I remember him coming on against Wickham and again the performance was out was just awful but when he came on he was absolutely outstanding and he created everything and when we had that little flurry and, and nearly got a draw at the end which would have been totally undeserved it was all really because of him and from that moment yeah as you say in a very disappointing Charlton side he was one of the sort of few bright sparks to come out of that area uh, out of that era sorry that we had under Nigel um and I think yeah he's done more than enough to earn a deal I mean we've been sort of crying out for it to get done um because the way he's been performing you know he's he's not done himself any favors whatsoever he's he's been outstanding so it's um yeah it's 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 good to see that he's been rewarded now hopefully it keeps his eye on the ball and and he stays focused and because, as you say, we've not seen him in the side as much recently, but I still think there's a hell of a lot that he can do um, as impact coming off the bench. And when he does start, you know, he's one of those players that I think will get fans off their feet and, and will create things. So now he's got his deal sorted, you know, maybe for him that it's good to know his future's tied up as well. So hopefully we see, you know, the, the performances carry on and some consistency from him because I think he can be a really good player for us. Yeah, I mean, this is sort of like the, that age of your career now, right? 24 years of age. Um, been flitting around a few clubs. Obviously, started off at Villa, been on loan to to Walsall. Was at Tranmere for a little while, where we where we sort of picked him up as a free agent. But now this this is the time where he'd be pleased. He's got a couple of years now to settle down and really and really show his worth because he's getting to that that age in his career now where he really wants to sort of take the ball by the horns. Yeah, it's a key time for him to settle, and you know it's a great club to do it at because you know we we're one of these clubs that we've said it so many times. We, you bring in players that that have obviously got this ability. And as long as they've got the right attitude, they'll succeed here. And I think that Corey's come in with with a reputation of maybe not having a great attitude and has completely proved everybody wrong. And in, in my opinion, has been outstanding and more than earned his deal. So yeah, I think, as you say, perfect time in his career for him now to find a bit more of a long-term home. I think the fans here are on side with him and really enjoyed what he's done so far. I know I have. And I think there's more to come from him this season as well. And, and with that, position on the right you know with Leco being out at the moment obviously we're seeing DJ sort of take up that starting berth for now but I think that spot's well and truly up for grabs if if DJ has a slight dip in form or if we have a run of games where we need to maybe rest players I think you know if Corey got the opportunity to take that that position I think he'd try and snap it up well let's hear Johnny Jackson's view on the new deal as well for Corey Blackett Taylor yeah he's he's we're really pleased with Corey he's an exciting young talent he's impressed since he came in uh, when he first came in, just trained with us straight away. You know, he catches the eye with that that pace that he's got. Um, but he's more than that. You know, he's, he's shown in games that he's clever as well with, with his movement, and you know, he can get up players. And, uh, he can score a goal, and uh, he's having to buy his time for for minutes in the team at the minute. But that's the nature of a competitive squad. But with the schedule coming up, he's going to be one that we're going to lean on. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna use, and we're, we're really pleased that he's he's um, committed himself to the club. That's Jacko. Um, obviously chatting about Corey coming in, coming in. I mean, I, I sort of see it as a positive that a decision's been made on on the long term future of a player. Whilst Jacko's the caretaker manager, there's me thinking, right, well, he's uh, presumably had a fair bit of input on that. So 
that, that, that can only be a good sign. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. And the same with Deji the other week as well, you know, securing his long-term future here. I think Jacko has been heavily involved in that. And I think, hope, you know, hopefully trying to read between the lines and not get too excited, that's a good thing. And, and it kind of spells out the future for maybe a decision coming up for the manager. It would be nice to see, you know, that long-term future sorted out next, you know. And I ho- hopefully, I think we're all, you know, we're all keeping our fingers crossed that, that Thomas is coming over to to sort of sign the dotted line with with Mr. Jackson and, and we can all really look forward to, to the journey he takes us on. Excellent stuff. Right, I did ask for your views on the deal uh, for Corey Blackett-Taylor. I only asked just before the show, so we've only got one in on that subject. Peter Sullivan uh, says, you know it makes sense, especially uh, under JJ as well, so that's a good deal. But there's uh, other people looking ahead uh, to the game with Plymouth as well. Uh, Liz says, uh, I'm hopeful and positive about Charlton's future. Uh, Whether we win this particular game or not, really looking forward to a pack Valley again, and maybe just maybe... A win. Good pod as always, boys. That's from Liz. Cheers, Liz. Uh, Alan says, great show, guys. Cheers, Alan. Uh, Be a good game either way. Both teams' confidence will be high. I think we will get at least a point. Hope JJ announcement for manager uh, will come, uh, whether we get a result or not. Uh, As uh, Pierce and Deji uh, are the only centre-back, may we see a change in formation? He says, congrats to the Mendes household. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, mean, uh, that is something we did mention earlier. I mean, do, do you feel like coming away from the back... Three is a possibility. We could play Pierce and Deji, then Gunter and Permington as a back four. But like I said, we've seen Gunter in that right side, we've seen Claire in that right side, and then Permington on the left as a wing back. So, I mean, Jacko does have these options. And you expect, like, what, why would you change a w- winning formula, I guess? Yeah, exactly that, you know, and, and the same with like DJ in that wing back position. I was, I've been really impressed with how he's coped, not just going forward, but also coming back and, and defending. And the same with Corey when he's been in that position. I think I think it's worked really well in in that five, um, and yeah, it's it's been really good to see. And I'd I'd, I'd like to you know I'd, as you say try and keep a winning formula going. I was really impressed with Sean Clare um, last weekend as well. I think he's he's been outstanding in that position. So it'd be hard to drop him at the moment, even with Gunter coming back from international duty. So yeah, you know, obviously missing Akin is going to be a real a real kick in the teeth. But at the same time, we're we're seeing options now, and we're seeing people perform when called upon and. It's good that we've got those options, you know, across the pitch and players that can can adapt and maybe play in not not such a preferred position and still turn out good performances. Excellent stuff. Right. The uh, next message uh, comes in from Stuart, says this is a real test, but uh, to get the crowd right behind the players and the caretaker manager, give Johnny Jackson uh, the job uh, publicly to the fans 10 minutes before kickoff. Again, not the first time I've heard that suggested uh, this week. I mean, it's certainly great for one hell of an atmosphere, but you know what it's like with us. It'll be a case of after the Lord Mayor show, uh, like we've seen too often on Football for a Fiver's Days, uh, etc. Right, uh, Reg uh, says, uh, still not going to apologise uh, for sending the same message as our last two shows. Uh, Johnny Jackson uh, as manager, that's it. That's the tweet. Surely Thomas is going to confirm this to a packed valley on Saturday. Yeah, people clearly very, very keen for that. I mean, it, do, do you like that idea? It'd certainly whip out the crowd into a, into a bit of a frenzy. Uh, yeah, it would. It would. But like you, I'm a bit pessimistic around these things. And some, you can just imagine them announcing Jacko as manager 10 minutes before kickoff and then us being 2-0 down after 10 minutes or something. But it's, that, would, that, would, that is something that we would do. But... You never know, you know. Thomas is quite the showman, so I think anything's possible. Yeah, I mean, I would. It, it would make for a, for a great sort of few minutes before kickoff, uh, and we'll see. Right, Jamie uh, says hi, Louis. Uh, can you give a shout out on the pod to the Armed Forces Addicts Group who have twelve uh, people alongside serving personnel on the pitch for the Remembrance Parade uh, before Saturday's game? I'm one of the twelve. Massively uh, looking forward to it, and very honoured. Uh, and then he says, uh, congratulations to me and Mrs. Louis on the baby news. Thank you. Uh, and Jacko for manager as well, which is how everyone's signing off every message at the moment. But yeah, Jamie, well, uh, I hope that goes well for you. And, and uh, yeah, well done for, for being picked. And the Armed Forces Addicts uh, is, is still a relatively new fans group that's out there. They've got a Twitter page and, and that. If uh, if you need the contact details, get in, get in touch with me and I'll point you uh, towards the right people if you'd like to join uh, that supporters group. Right, let's have a break uh, when we come back. Uh, we'll focus a bit more on Saturday's uh, home game with Plymouth. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierces there. Bowers with a header. And it's Joe. Yes! Yes! Oh, it's Goss. Oh, Patrick Barr. You absolute German beauty. Woo! Dream lads. Charlotte have scored! With seconds remaining! We've done it all! Get in! Come on! What a time to be here! Wembley! Oh my word! Oh my word! Charlton Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview looking ahead, of course, uh, to the massive game uh, with Plymouth uh, on Saturday. Going to hear from Chris Errington shortly. Um, Obviously, we know it's a big crowd, but I I did actually want to mention before we we hear from Jacko and the crowd, uh, the FA Cup, uh, because we now know who our opponents are going to be uh, in the second round. Uh, Obviously, we scraped past Havant and Waterlooville with that 4-0 win. Now we're going up to Gateshead. Uh, in, in a couple of Fridays' time. They beat Altrincham 3-2 in, in a bit of a humdinger of a replay over uh, Altrincham's ground. Um, and it's Gateshead from the league below who are, who are up there. Lewis, I mean, we've only just come back from a weekend in Newcastle when we beat Sunderland and now we're up there again. Are you going to go? <laughs> it's, well, tempted, very, very tempted. But um, it depends with work. Being a Friday night, it's a bit of a um, a bit of a stretch. But... Is it an exciting cup tie? You know, for those that do go up there, it'd be one hell of a Friday night out afterwards. So, yeah, um, I mean, obviously, yeah, obviously, it. it's. Um, I'm going I'm to sound stupid in a few weeks if we do get beaten, but I, I think in terms of I mean, uh, Gates are in the league below. I don't think that counts for too much. It obviously didn't seem to be much between the two sides, but I do feel that Gateshead's ground doesn't feel sort of quite as as tightly packed and enclosed as. Uh, as Altrincham's one, so perhaps the crowd won't be quite on top of you and, and and that sort of pressure cauldron. But I mean, it's still it's still going to be a potential banana skin for us, isn't it? Because any 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 side like Gateshead in the National League or the National League North, in their case, uh, will we'll go into it against against the Charlton team, who they'll hope will we'll have their foot off the gas. And if you do that in these games, and you get punished, as we found out against Northwich Victoria. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, the FA Cup is. It is prone for these things to happen. You know, there was an unbelievable game last night between um, between Bolton and Stockport. You know, it, anything can happen, especially with, as you say, the crowd on top of you. And it's a big occasion for for a, a side like Gateshead, you know, in the second round against, you know, one of the highest seeded clubs in it at this stage. So, you know, they'll be looking to cause an upset and take us and see us as a scout probably, you know, up there, especially the Friday night under the lights up north. You know, it'd be a, a difficult one for us, but... Yeah, you know, on paper, really, it's a good opportunity for us to try and get a decent result and try and progress to the third round. And then from our side, it'd be nice to get, you know, a bigger side in the third round to, for us to have a little bit of a, a cup upset, you know, try and get a Prem side and have a decent away trip because we're crying out for a good away day in the third round because was it last last season behind closed doors? We we got West Ham in the, in the Carabao Cup, didn't we? And none of us are able to go. That would be something that would be you know, really good for fans to attend. So hopefully we get through this stage and we can get a decent premiership away day for everybody. Yeah, or, or I mean, I like the idea of a big Premier League club coming to the Valley. I, I mean, I might have to double check this, but I'm fairly confident we still haven't had a Premier League club come to Charlton since we got relegated, which is a long time ago now uh, in terms of an actual an actual like FA Cup game. And I remember West Ham and Aston Villa coming in friendlies, but they don't they don't really count for like a, a proper a proper FA Cup atmosphere at the Valley, which I think will be a sight to behold as well. So ho- hopefully we can get past Gateshead. Uh, we'll be linking up with the Heed Army uh, podcast near the time as well to find out a little bit more uh, about them. But if anyone if anyone needs a trick as well for getting up there, uh, you can get cheap because the trains are really expensive to Newcastle. You can get a cheaper deal to Sunderland and then just get the Metro across and maybe stay in Sunderland. You might save a few quid doing it that way. 
so there's an idea uh, for all of you uh, as well. Right, as we know, Saturday, uh, we're expecting a bumper crowd at the Valley, uh, that excellent Feel the Valley campaign um, where season ticket holders could get up to free uh, extra tickets for zero cost, uh, no no charge at all. Uh, so it sounds like we're expecting pretty pretty close to to a full valley. Obviously, assuming everyone actually uses the tickets that they, that they bought, uh, but it could be a, it could be a pretty special day. Jacko was asked during the press day today uh, what it's going to be like to play uh, in front of a full valley. Well, they should be looking forward to it. They should be excited about it. Obviously, I'm, I well know what it can be like when you play in front of a packed valley. Uh, what the crowd, you know, when they can get behind you, what what what, what lift they give you. Uh, the lads are going to experience this first hand. They already have playing in front of the Valley crowd. Um, thinking back to the last two games, have been absolutely unbelievable. They're bouncing. And then you think there's going to be even more people there um, this Saturday. I know they're going to get behind the team. And uh, as always, the lads are going to have to give them something to shout about. Uh, and if they do that, they're going to get right behind the team and that should help us really uh, hopefully push forward and win the game. But you said you, you know what it's all about with, with Pat Bay as a player and we've seen it over the last couple of years as well on occasion. The last couple of games have been great as well, under the lights against Robin Doncaster game was great, but as you said there's going to be even more people there. I mean, for, for you in this position now as manager, leading the team out and, and taking the position on the touchline, it yeah, must be pretty special. Uh, well, yeah, I'm really excited for the game, really looking forward to it. As always, it'll be an absolute honour for me uh, to lead the team out you know, in front of the Pack Valley, something I always dream of. So, yeah, personally, it's going to be great. Um, I know the lads are looking forward to it and I know they'll respond to it. So, you know, it's got, it's got the makings of a, of a great day. There you go, Jacko. Uh, going to be honoured to, to lead the, the side out uh, in front of a, a, packed, uh, a packed ground in SC7. Uh, I mean... We, we've seen it, I guess, the last time we saw it was obviously that Doncaster game in the playoffs, which eventually we went through, but actually we look quite nervy in front of a big crowd. This isn't as, obviously, as high pressure a game because it's just in, in the middle of the league season. Um, but it'd be interesting to see how the players react to having a big old crowd in there. And, you know, on paper, you'd always assume it will sort of spur them on a little bit. Yeah, 100%. You know, I think it has to be seen as a as a big motivation for for them to go out and perform and especially, you know, for Jacko with the owner being over as well and stuff, it's, you know, the players are going to want to perform and, and put on a show for everybody because ultimately you're going to want them to come back and keep coming back and they will if the performances are up there and, and it's all, you know, a decent day out with a decent atmosphere and, you know, we know what it can be like at the Valley when it's a full house, you know, that Doncaster game, despite maybe being a bit nervy on the pitch, <laughs> the the atmosphere was absolutely incredible and, you know, when the Valley's rocking, on a normal Saturday, it's pretty loud and, and probably quite intimidating for the visiting side to come to. So with a full house, I can only imagine, you know, the sort of noise that's going to be made on, on Saturday. And with Thomas there to see, you know, a, a near to full valley as well. And with JJ, you know, in the dugout, I think it's it's going to be a really, really good day. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, because obviously we had the success of the kids for a quid quite recently. I mean, do you think that will pay a, a big part in if... If a young family come and see a good performance like they did against Doncaster, then obviously they'd, they'd be more tempted to come back. Yeah, 100%. You know, it's about making new traditions for, for young supporters. And I said yesterday that, you know, the club put out that video a few weeks ago um, with uh, from the Rotherham game. And I know that wasn't that wasn't a, um, you know, a, a, an event, if you like, for kids for a quid or anything like that. But to see like the reactions of the young fans when we got back into that game and, and played as well as we did. And you're seeing like the new, the new era of Charlton fans coming through. And if you can put on these initiatives where you can, you know, one, make football affordable and also get fans in the Valley, it's about making new traditions for these people. And, you know, a family of four could go to the Valley on Saturday, really enjoy themselves. And, and it might become something they do going forwards. They might buy a half season ticket or whatever. And it's, you know, it's nice to see the club, doing things like this because they can, you know, to get to get supporters back in because there'll be people that have stayed away over the last few seasons because of, you know, the, the ownership things at the time that may now think, you know what, I'm going to come back and I'm going to give this a go. And hopefully it, it's a, a real attraction to get people back and, and we start seeing the Valley, you know, it's never going to be full every week. We, it's not it's not going to be the case, but, you know, at least an extra couple of thousand in, you know, on a, on a regular basis would be really good for the football club. Yeah, because I mean, it goes without saying that the only way you consistently um, increase attendances is is through good football on the pitch. I think I think you know you have to get out of League One basically. But I mean, if we can look at the momentum that that we're on this at, at the moment, obviously four games without defeat 
in the league under Jacko. We're looking up that table, and I've been asked this question a few times, and again, I'm still not certain. But now, now that we're nine points off the playoffs, albeit having played a game more or, or, or two games more than some of the sides above us, I mean, are you starting to feel that it's, it's more possible again? When I asked Connor Washington the other, the other week, he felt it was more than possible to, to get back into this playoff race because I can guarantee if we're in that playoff race towards the end of the season, the ground will be a lot nearer to capacity than it, than, than it is at sort of this early stage. Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm I'm in the camp where now it is, you know, it's obviously a lot more possible because we're we're feeling that like upward uh, trajectory that we're having from from a decent run of form. You know, you've got someone at the helm, even as a caretaker at the moment that that people are getting behind and the team are playing very well. The results have been good. The performances are good. The football is exciting. You know, they're all really important factors to to attracting people to to come along and as you say to to stay as well beyond this Plymouth game afterwards. And if we are now looking towards, you know, trying to get ourselves up the league and back into the, the race for the top six, then, yeah, you know, the, the football and the performances stay at the level they are now, then 100% people are going to want to stick around and watch us try and try and get this season back on track. And, you know, the way that we're performing at the moment, you'd have to say it's a definite possibility. And the players, with the confidence that they have now as well, will be thinking that they're capable of doing it. And, yeah, you know, it's going to be quite exciting now to see where we are, probably especially if you're looking at where we are now compared to maybe where we'll be around Christmas time. I think that'll be a real, it'd be really interesting to see because it does feel like the club is on the up now. And yeah, it's it's something to really look forward to. Excellent stuff. Right, let's learn a bit more about Saturday's high-flying uh, opponents then in Plymouth Argyle. As I said, in, in the league, they lost their opening game uh, of the season away at Rotherham and since then they haven't looked back they're unbeaten uh, since the opening day in league football uh, they've won five of their last six games uh, including uh, impressive home win over Ipswich a 4-1 away win uh, over Accrington uh, last time out as well so I wanted to find out more I spoke to Chris Errington uh, of the Plymouth Herald uh, to ask him what has been the secret behind the start to Plymouth's uh, campaign. Yeah, I think it's a, a bit of a surprise to, to people down at uh, Argyle as well. Um, back in the last season, they the final 15 games, they, they won two, drew two and lost 11. And uh, I think if the season had gone on for another two or three weeks longer, they'd have probably ended up being relegated. Um, and, and one of those defeats was a 6 0 thrashing by Charlton at Home Park in April. And, um, you know, maybe that was... Um, a bit of a wake-up call for for Ryan Lowe and people at the club. They realised that um, what they doing, what they were doing, wasn't working, and he, he carried out a, a major overhaul of his squad, particularly in the defence, and that's really paid dividends this season. Um, they've conceded a lot less goals. They've brought in some experienced defenders who uh, who you know do what it says on the tin. You know, head it, clear it, block it, and um, with a more secure defence. I think, you know, it's given the, the rest of the team a bit more freedom and confidence and, and the strikers have been scoring goals. So if you can, you know, keep the goals down at one end and, and, and score fairly regularly at the other end, you've got the, the recipe for success, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, you said it's almost come as a surprise. I mean, what, what, what were the expectations at the start of the season? And I guess, have they already been transformed now into, into seeing if they can remain part of this, this promotion race, which obviously they're, they're leading at this time? Yeah, I think if you'd offered most Argyle fans, uh, you know, a mid-table finish this season, bearing in mind, you know, they'd struggled um, at the end of last season, they'd have taken that. That would have um, would have been and still would be, you know, progression in terms of a final position in the table. But you know, they're sitting sitting, you know, at the top of the table in mid November, and clearly people are going to be sort of revisiting their expectations and thinking, you know, what is achievable now. We all know there's some very big clubs in League One, Charlton Athletic being one of them. But there's a whole host of clubs that have uh, been in the Premier League or more than capable of um, being successful in the Championship. So it's not going to be an, uh, an easy task for Argyle to stay there. But you know, they're 17 games into the season; they're not a million miles away from the halfway point of the season. And I think you know, if people were thinking that Argyle were a little bit of a flash in the pan and, and it was a little bit of a fluke. You know, maybe they might be rethinking. Although this this game at the Valley on Saturday starts a, a really tricky or tough spell of fixtures for Argyle. They're, they're away to Charlton, who are clearly in, in good form recently. 
Um, then they've got back-to-back home games next week against Wickham and Wigan, two of the, the leading teams. And then after that, they're away to Milton Keynes and Sunderland. Again, two more teams at the top of the table. So I think by the time they've got through that period of games, I think we'll be virtually at the halfway point in the season and then we'll have a pretty good idea of, of where Argyle stand in terms of can they go for promotion? Is playoffs more likely? be fascinating to see from an Argyle perspective how it goes over the next uh, month. Mm, obviously, Ryan Lowe's been in now for, for a couple of seasons. Uh, I'm guessing he's going to be pretty popular with the, the the run he's put together at the moment and we're seeing it sort of returned in the, the amount of fans that have been going to Home Park this season and obviously a bringing a big travelling following to, um, to to Charlton as well. So they're obviously um, getting right behind their side at the moment, enjoying the ride. And I guess that sort of momentum can only help Ryan and his side. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Ryan Lowe's a very um, charismatic sort of person. He's a proud Liverpudlian. Um, says it how he sees it. And, and has done a fantastic job at Argyle. Season one, he got them promoted, albeit it was that weird COVID shortened season. But, you know, he got them promoted that season. Last year, for for a long spell, they were they were doing really well, and you know, um, looks as though they might be able to push for the playoffs, and then it all sort of caved in. But um, credit to him, you know, he realised what was wrong. He went out and rectified it, and um, you know, the results are, are clear to see this season. So, you know, coming up towards two and a half years at Argyle, you'd have to assess his um, his time there as as very successful. Um, he's got his own brand of football, his style of football that he, he sticks to and um, the players that he's brought in over the summer suit that system, whereas maybe last season he had players that perhaps didn't suit that system. Um, he's done a great job, the fans, you know, fans are fans wherever you are in the country, wherever you are in the world. If the manager's getting results, he'll be the greatest thing since sliced bread and, and, and vice versa sort of thing. So he's, he's very popular with the fans and as you say, I mean, it's, it's shaping up to be a cracking game at the Valley um, on Saturday. Um, you know, Argyle are going to have you know close to three thousand fans by the sounds of it in the in the South Stand. I think it is at the Valley. It sounds as though Charlton are going to have um, you know pretty much full support as well. So you know, what a, what a great t- um, occasion it's going to be. Two informed teams, big crowd. Yeah, just what we all need, isn't it? Yeah, and and who are the uh, the members of the Plymouth side that that Cholton crowd should be wary of? Then I see Ryan Hardy sort of just just coming back into the goals, having a, had a bit of a dry spell. But who 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 else is there up there that the addicts should be looking out for? Well, Ryan Hardy's had a great season. He he only got six goals all of last season, Louis, and he's up to twelve in all competitions this season already. He's he's a classic case of strikers thrive on confidence, and um, he got off to a good start this season. Hasn't really looked back. As you say, he had a little spell recently where he wasn't getting in the goals, but um, he's got one in each of the last two games. So, you know, any time you've got somebody who's got you 12 goals by mid to late November, you know, you should be having a decent season. Luke Jeffcott has um, often been his partner up front. Um, six goals for him this season. Um, had a bit of success against Charlton last season, scoring in both of the games that Argyle played at the Valley, one in the league, one in the Cup. Um, but he's been away for the last couple of games with Wales under-21s, and Jordan Garrick has come in. He's a, a loan signing from um, Swansea. Versatile player, started off at Argyle as a wing-back, um, but with Jeff Cott being away recently, he's gone up front, and uh, him and Hardy, would you'd have a good 100-metre sprint between the two of them. They are, they're both very rapid, and um, they call Sheffield Wednesday all sorts of problems in the uh, FA Cup first-round replay uh, on Tuesday night. Garrick got two, Hardy got the other, um, so there's there's no shortage of pace up front for Argyle and in centre midfield Ryan Broom who's another loan signing uh, from Peterborough United he's been a revelation he's come into the midfield brings uh, so much energy and drive going forward he started chipping in with a few goals recently and he's keeping Danny Mayer out the side and Danny Mayer's a very talented player but um, he's had a few injury problems this season he's fit again but the form of Ryan Broom means that uh, that Maya's been on the bench in uh, recent games there we go thanks to Chris uh, yeah I mean uh, it sounds like it was almost unexpected a little bit I mean considering how well it's gone and, and, and uh, Chris sort of you know, talk, talking about the same way I'd be talking if Charlton had started this way. I'd be like, well, at some point it's all going to fall apart and, and you're always nervous. But, as, you know, from from the performances so far, it doesn't look like it's going to. In fact, they, they, they've they just been getting almost better and better as, as the season's gone on. Yeah, exactly that. You know, it's it's the good sides that, that can take these runs of forms at the start of a season and really hit a run of consistency. And 
you know, at the start of a season, if you win a few games and you're up there, you think, yeah, you know, it's good at the moment, but there's a long way to go. You know, we're coming into the end of November now and December time. And, you know, they've, they've had a really strong start. I think what they've, they've only lost once was it the opening day. And they, they're a team that sort of have that good, you know, that togetherness, a good identity. I think Ryan Lowe has done an outstanding job with them as well. They've got some very good players, you know, the likes of Ryan Hardy, Luke Jeffcott. They've got, they've got strong players that are good at this level and, and they just seem to be on the up a little bit. You know, Plymouth have, were a side, I think, when we first got relegated to the Championship, they were in the Championship with us and they kind of dwindled and, and dropped from there down into League Two. And when they've come up to League One, they've they've kind of just sort of been, you know, around mid-table, haven't really caused a huge amount. I know under Derek Adams, they they nearly pipped us with the playoffs, but we nicked it right at the death, didn't we? And, you know, these are they're a side now that seem to be in a in a strong position and I think under a, a, a manager like Ryan Lowe he's got promotion history with Berry, and and I think he's doing a good job there and seems very settled you know I think yes you know the wheels can come off but at the moment it doesn't look like it's showing any signs of doing so so it's going to be a real test on Saturday yeah I mean as you'd expect for a team that's absolutely sort of flying I'd guess is is fair to say at, at the top of the table you know they're, they're scoring uh, plenty of goals. They're, they're the second highest scorers in the league behind Ipswich. Uh, the defence, uh, well, it's not it's not quite as tight as you'd expect. They they've uh, they've conceded uh, fifteen. I oh, know is is also as tight as you'd expect. They've got the third best defence in. I think I was being overly pes- overly optimistic there when I was looking at the goals against table upside down. <laughs> so look, they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're free free scoring at one end, tight at the other end. So I mean, again, if if we're going to have to be at our, our our very best, but at the same time, you know, these winning runs or unbeaten runs have to come to an end at some point. Yeah, they do, and you know that we have we have a history of of doing this. You know where we end unbeaten runs. You know we beat beat Sunderland this season at their place after I don't think they'd lost there for for quite a long time. So that was that was a run that we've ended. I remember obviously years ago we we knocked Huddersfield at home, didn't we? When when they were on that massive unbeaten run. So as you say, runs are there to be broken. You know we're on a little mini run ourselves at the moment as well. So I think we have to be fairly cautious, but. You know, I think it's a it's a, a whole new game for us Saturday with a packed valley and everything as well. I think it'll be interesting not just to see how we react to the big crowd, but also Plymouth. You know, they're going to be coming up against a side full of confidence with, you know, Jacko there, players really playing for him, fans really behind him. You know, we're a completely different animal to the one we were under Nigel, you know, a month ago. So, you know, if you looked at this game, if this game came a month earlier, you know, you'd put us with no chance whatsoever. But the way we're playing at the moment and that confidence that's running through the team and the positivity running through the fan base. I just think that we're a completely different animal now. Yeah, and if this game had come a month ago or at the very start of the Jacko regime, then I guess there would have been a chance that they could have underestimated us. But now you know, now that Jacko's feet are under the table and we know exactly how well we've been playing over the last few weeks, I guess there's not really a chance that they're going to be sort of surprised by how good we are now compared to how poor we were a month ago. Yeah, exactly that. You know, I think Ryan Lowe would have done his homework and would have paid attention to to our upward change in form. You know, he's as we said before, he's he's very pally with Jacko and they did their badges together, so they probably speak quite a lot away from away from the pitch as well about how they're getting on in their roles and he's a real supporter of Jacko getting the job. So he'll be well aware of of the threat that we possess now. Um so it's going to be a real challenge, you know, not just for us, but I think it'd be a challenge for them, a, a completely different challenge coming to a side full of confidence and you know, a, a packed valley, anything can be possible. And, and I think I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't have us as favourites going into this by any means. I think it'll be a really tight game, but I'd give us a hell of a lot more of a chance to win it now than I would have done um, a month ago. Excellent stuff. Right, well, we have come to the end of uh, this week's Charlton Live Big Match Preview. Thanks to all of you uh, who've tuned in and listened uh, to the very end. I forget we'll be back on Sunday uh, to look back at the game against Plymouth and, of course, uh, ahead to Tuesday's trip uh, up to Morecambe. Lewis, thanks for joining me and, uh, well, congratulations on get, being allowed outside the house as of, was it tomorrow? So you'll be at the game on Saturday? I will be, mate. Yeah, yeah. be there on Saturday. Excellent. Yeah, I'll be waiting, hoping you save me a, a table in Valley Calf. It's oh, going to be a lot busier this week. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm going to have to get there even earlier this week just to make sure no one's sitting in my seat in the Valley Calf, please. That is the highlight of my weekend, always. Uh, right, thanks to everyone uh, who's tuned in and sent your messages in. Uh, don't forget, we'll be back on Sunday. As I've said, thanks for listening. Uh, I'm Louis Mendez, and we shall see you soon. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 